0: Today on In Grace, we're in ancient Jerusalem, bringing you Discover Hidden Israel 2 and the City of David, where it all began.
1: Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV.
0: Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and today on our very special edition of InGrace, on this Friday or weekend, we're going to take you to Israel. We're actually going to go to where Jerusalem began. When I started making trips to Israel, I was, I think, 12 or 13, I didn't really understand Jerusalem. I didn't really understand where it it started where it used to be because now it's a it's a big modern city with an old city uh, section that has old city walls around it. So, you kind of assume, well, Jerusalem must have started in that old city, and it actually didn't. The city of Jerusalem started just to the south of the Temple Mount in a place called the City of David, and that's where the Jebusites had their city, and David conquered that city and made it his capital, Jerusalem. My guest is my friend, Dr. Scott Stripling. He's the provost of the Bible Seminary in the Houston area. He's also the director of the Shiloh Dig in Israel, the largest dig in Israel right now. And so him and I go exploring on this series called Discover Hidden Israel 2, but this episode, Ancient Jerusalem, the City of David, where it all began. And I'm most excited about the fact that we're exploring where this really unique altar area they found is. And it's an area that's not open to the public. We got special access. We were able to go in and find these really, really neat things that might have been. And I really believe this is where King David was worshiping. And he, remember there wasn't a temple yet in his day, there was the tabernacle, but I think he brought the Ark of the Covenant to this spot that we're going to talk about today. And uh, that's where he worshiped. And then eventually that tabernacle was replaced by the temple and the Ark of the Covenant was brought up into the temple by Solomon, his son. But maybe this goes all the way back to Melchizedek. So we're going to look at that and some other really awesome things about the City of David. And if you've ever had a chance to go to Israel, you need to see the City of David. It's part of our tours to Israel, and we go to Israel frequently, and we have two trips coming up in 2024, one in February and one in June. And you're welcome to come on the June one. I think the February is already sold out. But then we'll go again in February of 2025. So we have three upcoming trips to Israel. And the one in June is actually going to be doing some digging. So if you ever want to be an archaeologist for a day, uh, we're going to dig in Shiloh and somewhere else, maybe in the city of David. That's our hope. So if uh, you're interested in going to Israel, go to ingraceradio.com, click on travel, ingraceradio.com, click on travel, or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE. But we would love to have you get this video series because you're going to hear the audio portion today. You're going to be dying to see what we're talking about. So how do you get Discover Hidden Israel 2? We have this entire series that features what we're talking about today, ancient Jerusalem, the city of David. But we also, Dr. Scott Stripling and I, go underneath the Jewish Temple Mount and above it on top of the Temple Mount. And he gives us some great insight into the temple. We also go to try to find Mi'kmash, where Jonathan and his armor bearer conquered the Philistines in a really unique way. And uh, we went and found that, and then we went to ancient Shechem, and that's where Jacob's well is, where Jesus ministered to the Samaritan woman, and also Joseph's tomb. Really, really amazing places in Israel. This Discover Hidden Israel 2 video series is full of really exciting and amazing things in Israel. And if you'd like to get it, contact InGrace at 1-800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. Make a gift of any amount, and we're going to thank you by sending you this full-length Four part video series filmed in Israel on location. If your gift is $35 or more, I'd also like to send you Discover Hidden Israel 1 and 3. So you're going to get all three Discover Hidden Israel series. And if your gift is $100 or more, you get the entire eight part Israel video bundle. And I hope to
1: hear from you today and so you can learn more about this amazing place. Just call us 800 78 Grace or go online ingraceradio.com You can also write to us at InGrace P.O. Box 9 Lake Zurich, Illinois 60047
0: You know how I have all these favorite places in Israel?
1: Yeah, I've noticed that. This is
0: one of my favorite places this, in this Israel. This has got to be on the list. You know it's really interesting, Scott? Because years ago, I, I didn't know about this. And maybe there was a site here, but we never came. Now, this is on every tour we give. The city of David.
2: I think it's the best tour in, in Jerusalem. Portrait. And when I was first here 25, 30 years ago, it was trashed out. I mean, there was garbage, broken bottles, and diapers all over the place. And what they have done with this is incredible.
0: And the finds are the key. You know, what they yeah. now know about this whole part of what really ancient Jerusalem. This is yeah. where Jerusalem came from. Now it's grown greatly, but this is it. This is where. Yeah. Melchizedek was, this is where
2: David was the king. Remember, David is ruling from Hebron for seven and a half years over Judah before he comes here and becomes king over all of Israel. And taking this city was a big, big deal. It was a huge deal politically, strategically, when we think kind of the geopolitical alignments of the day, because Jerusalem sits on the line between Judah and Benjamin. So not only does David marry the daughter of Saul, it's a marriage between the house of David and the house of Saul, good politically, but then he makes his kingdom, his headquarters on the line. So both Judah and Benjamin, Saul's a Benjamite. So they can both sort of claim this, mm-hmm. kind of like a DC. <laughs> so it's pretty smart.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. And you have a great vantage point from all of these high points to look down
2: on this beautiful city. Yeah, this is the original city of David, about 12 acres. And we are at the top of it right now. And when David purchases the land from Iran and builds, has the temple there, Solomon builds the temple that David acquires the material for, he doubles the size of the city of David. So this is where it all began, right here in the city of David. So we've entered into the palace. Jim, I spent much of my career dealing with people called minimalists who said that David didn't exist he was a mythological person. And if he did exist, he was just ruling over some little backwater uh, in Judea. And
0: minimizing the scriptures, is that the, basically Absolutely. the term? Absolutely, so
2: in other words, the Bible is not a reliable historical document, mm-hmm. and we had no extra biblical evidence, which they wanted to see, to, to corroborate that. And then in the early 90s, we got the House of David inscription from yes, Tel Dan. Yes. And even the minimalists had to admit that this is talking about David and the kingdom of David. It's in the ninth century, but it's clearly referring to the previous uh, century. And then a few years later, Elat Mazar is able to launch her excavation here in the city of David, and she uncovers this large stone structure, which is a monumental building that dates to the time of King David, what we would call the Iron Age 2A, or around the year 1000. And over a period of years, she exposes this complete structure. And at the very bottom, we have the material dating to the time of King David. So now we have inscriptional evidence. We have archaeological evidence. And by the way, guess what she used to locate this spot? I'm just going to take
0: a wild guess and say the scriptures.
2: You're right. And what she did, she was reading the Bible, and it said that when the Philistines attacked Jerusalem, that David descended from his palace into the fortress of Zion. Gered zion in Hebrew. He descended into the fortress of Zion. And she was known for being a Bible believer, uh, using the scriptures to help guide her and digging. She took the Bible as a serious historical document, which is what we believe should be done. And she took a lot of heat for that, but she held her her, her ground. Yeah. And of course she died just uh, a month or so ago, tragically. And fortunately she was in, in death, hailed as the queen of Jerusalem archeology, span even though she was challenged so much in life, but she got it from her grandfather and they both took the Bible as a serious historical document.
0: But then there was something else in, in the Bible about David here in this palace, and this was a real sad incident in his life, that he was uh, in his palace mm. uh, while his army was off, and uh, probably should have been with them, and he saw Bathsheba right. bathing. So probably would be in this location, a prominent high place to be able to look
2: down. Well, because of the slope, we would assume he's looking out, and this is where it happens, mm-hmm. and of course, Uriah and Bathsheba live in proximity to the palace because he's one of David's mighty men.
0: Right, right. We have both the triumph of a king like David, man after God's own heart. Certainly there wasn't any other like him until one of his descendants comes into the scene and the scripture says will return to sit on the throne of David. Mm -hmm. Would David have sat
2: here on a throne? Yeah, I believe so. Um, the, the throne of David is very significant. So we've got the Davidic promises, Second Samuel 7, for example, and that not only David will sit on the throne, but his descendants, his heirs, will sit on the throne as well. So you're in the epicenter here um, of that united monarchy, the development of this whole experiment. Can people live in covenant with one another mm-hmm. uh, within the law of God? Mm-hmm. So it's a fantastic place.
0: So some of the other kings that would be here too. So you have David, you also have Solomon.
2: Right, well, all the way down into the divided kingdom, we have seals from the time of Jeremiah until this, till the end of First Temple period. Well, this is special. We read about a guy named Nehemiah, Mm -hmm. the great wall builder who comes along. And in 52 days, he does what? He rebuilds the city wall. Okay, so you're looking at a section that was built in the Davidic times by David. We say David built it. It was David's construction team that built it. And Nehemiah came along with his ragtag bunch and rebuilt this section of it. So it's a picture, isn't it, Uh, of rebuilding what was done in a previous generation. And
0: how hard that would have been for Nehemiah, because they're coming out of captivity. Right. As just as God had promised, you know, their captivity wasn't going to be forever. It was going to be 70 years. And now they're back. And a man of faith like Nehemiah, he had people lying about it. He had people attacking him, literally, you know, as they're working with their child, they had to have a sword, you know, to be able to accomplish this because they had the, the enemies of the people of God. There's
2: always been enemies of the Jewish people, you know? That's right. So the enemies of Nehemiah are really interesting. We know them by name from the Bible, Sanballat, Geshem, and Tobiah. And they come to Nehemiah. So let's just picture him here. Mm -hmm. And he's working and supervising. And here comes Sanballat. And we know all three of these guys from outside the Bible. We have inscriptions that validate all three of these these people. So Sanballat comes here and says to Nehemiah, we wanna talk, can you meet us in the Valley of Ono? oh, we don't know where that is. Maybe that's the Kidron Valley. You know? Can you meet us down here? And Nehemiah says, oh, no, I've, I've started a good work. I can't go meet you over there. If you want to talk, talk right here. It was a trap. Sure. So he's focused on his task. And part of that task is rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And
0: before he even got here, he was so burdened by the reports of the, the waste and the ruins of that city. He probably had a decent life being the cupbearer of the king. But he had a heart for God and a heart for God's people. And he said, no, I'm going to come back here. And boy, he he suffered for it, but look at what he accomplished.
2: When you talk about heroism, all cultures have a need for heroes. We want to aspire to something bigger than ourselves. You're talking about David and Nehemiah. David, the quintessential example of, of heroism when he faces Goliath. Nehemiah has this incredible task of opposition without, opposition within, but yep. in 52 days, he gets the job done. Hmm. And you know, sometimes Jim, we just don't need excuses. We need somebody who can get the job done.
1: And that's what Nehemiah was. He was the right man at the right time. Do you want to explore the rich history and fascinating mysteries of the Holy Land? From the breathtaking landscapes to the hidden gems buried beneath the surface, Discover Hidden Israel 2 will transport you to places few have ever seen. With a gift of any amount to InGrace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, Discover Hidden Israel 1 and 3. Call 800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. If you wanna take your exploration to the next level, with a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive InGrace's entire Israel bundle featuring a collection of eight captivating video series filmed in Israel. To get your hands on these incredible offers, call 800-78-GRACE, go to ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace at PO Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com.
0: This next location is truly amazing. Dr. Stripling thinks that this is possibly the location of two very important tombs.
2: Okay, we are now at the bottom of the city of David, Mm -hmm. the ancient Jebusite fortress that David made his capital. And the Bible tells us in several places that David is buried, logically, in the city of David. That would make sense. Makes good sense, Mm -hmm. right? And so let's look at those verses of Scripture, Jim. 1 Kings 2.10, and David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. All right, so when you go, for example, by Zion Gate and you've got big signs there, the tomb of David and pilgrims standing in line to see the cenotaph there, clearly that's not the place, okay? And and the cenotaph is a a monument. Yes. It's not really necessarily to be a sarcophagus or bones. Here's the problem, in the 19th century, the explorers misidentified Zion. That's why that's called Mount Zion, whereas this is actually biblical Zion. And so then they thought, well, it must be here and made some money off of tourists. And they've been (laughs) gaslighting them ever since. But now we know this is biblical Zion, and the text says that he's buried in the city of David. Got it. Okay, So that's critically important. Mm -hmm. The second passage comes from Nehemiah 316. After him repaired Nehemiah, the son of Azbuk, the ruler of half the district of Betzur, under the place over against the sepulchers of David. Mm. So Nehemiah rebuilt his wall against the sepulchers of David and unto the pool that was made. Do the math. Mm. So we would expect to find something here. So Raymond Weil comes here, uh, 1911 to 1913, and excavates. And he begins to uncover these structures Those who would oppose the idea of this being the tombs of David and Solomon, for example, would say, but there's nothing like it. There's no parallel. My answer is, exactly, there's nothing like it. You're talking about David and Solomon. I mean, the founders of the dynasty, Uh, yes, they're grand, yes, they're different, and yes, there are no parallels.
0: So not only do you have these caves and tombs, possibly David and Solomon, but you also have a synagogue from the
2: second temple. We have a development of the synagogue system in the period between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So, in about the 2nd century BC, we have the emergence of a group known as Pharisees. So, the Sadducees controlled the temple, but the Pharisees controlled the synagogue system. Mm. And the Bible says that this was ripe ground for Jesus. And he preached in all the synagogues of Galilee and Judea. Is what the text tells us. Some have argued that there's no evidence for synagogues pre AD 70, mm-hmm. and the Theodotus inscription is absolute evidence sure. that they do exist. This is in Jerusalem at the bottom of the city of David, and it talks about a synagogue from the first century, and that his father was the archisynagogos, the ruler of the synagogue, and that his grandfather, was the Synagogue, So that's three generations. So it's not just that it was in the first century AD, but it goes all the way back to even the beginning of the first century BC. So clear evidence of a synagogue at the time that the Bible says that they were there.
0: So much to see, so little time. On our way to see what is perhaps King David's tabernacle, we stop at an old wall that just made major headlines.
2: This gem is what you've seen in the news the last few weeks. This is the newest excavation. And of course, we're privileged to have access today to to get back here. Uh, a, A team of Israeli archaeologists have just completed this section of the wall. And this is definitely 8th century BC, 7th century BC, what we would call Iron Age 2A. And they found within this wall evidence of the Babylonian destruction. So this is the Scytho-Iranian arrowhead that is typical of that time period. Which is bronze. Which is bronze, and the Babylonians used it, then it continues to be used in in later times and perhaps secondary use. But the pottery and then finds like this enable the dating of the wall itself. Now we are just above the Gihon Spring. So what does that tell you? This is the most important part of the city. That means that it's gonna be heavily fortified. So what do you see? A tower, yeah. a tower, probably like a promenade, uh, coming down upon this huge fortification to protect the water. That's your single most important thing, is to protect the water system of the ancient city. So Jim, you've seen olive presses, so you recognize where the beam would go. And there's weights that pull down on the beam, and it's squeezing the baskets that have the olive oil. So there's nothing unique about it, except the fact that there's only one, and except that it's right next to the Gihon Spring, and that it's next to cultic installations or ritual installations, worship installations, which we have many examples of that here, of olive oil being produced for holy purposes. Mm -hmm. So it's right next to the temple, it can't be impure. In other words, it's produced and then it's used. Mm -hmm. So that's the holy anointing oil, for example. Solomon is anointed just above the Gihon Spring, and we are about 25 feet above the Gihon Spring right now. What oil may they have been using?
0: But that would also mean that we're in the
2: vicinity of where the Ark of the Covenant would have stood. Well, this is exactly right. Uh, 1 Kings 32 says that as David is dying, he gives instructions to have Solomon placed on his donkey and brought down to the Gihon Spring so that he could be anointed here. Uh, And they took the oil from David's tabernacle. So we know that the tabernacle was at Shiloh for over three centuries. Once it was recaptured from the Philistines, it was at Kiriath-Jerim, and then David brought it to the city of David. Now, 1 Kings 32 says that the tabernacle of David was right adjacent to the Gihon Spring. Now, here we are just above the Gihon Spring, and we're finding these very interesting installations. So we may, in fact, be standing at the site of David's tabernacle. Oh, man, Scott. Well, Jim, I hope you've enjoyed this. Very, very few people have been able to see this. It's a new excavation. But I think for the first time, we're beginning to understand that critical period of David's tabernacle, David's tent. So we know the tabernacle was at Shiloh. We know it went among the Philistines. We know it was at Kadith Jedim. But when David brought it to Jerusalem, where did he pitch his tent? Before it went up on Mount Moriah. And I think we're for the first time getting a glimpse. Amazing.
0: I absolutely loved all the things today. And again, very few people have even heard of some of the things today on In Grace. As we stand in the city of David, I think of David, a man after God's own heart, a man who knew God in a personal way. And that is how we can all have a relationship with God is by putting our trust in Him. David, the king, was a good man, but was a sinner. He sinned in a really serious way, and all of us have. We've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But there's hope for David, there's hope for you, there's hope for me. There is one that came, he actually came from the line of David, his name is Jesus, or as they would say in Hebrew, Yeshua. He came to this place, not far from here to Bethlehem, where he was born. He never sinned, He did great miracles. The greatest, after He was crucified, He rose again. He died not as someone that was killed, He died as someone that was a willing sacrifice for you. He died for your sins, and He rose again. He is God in the flesh. He never sinned once, but yet He became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Every time I look at archeology, span every time I look at science, I'm always finding the Bible is accurate, it is true. It is something we can base our life on. It is something we can base our eternity on. Some of my favorite verses are Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, where it says, for by grace are ye saved through faith. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God but God who is loving and kind, He has to punish sin, He can't ignore it. So He decides to take upon Himself through His Son, your sins and mine. For by grace are we saved through faith and not of ourselves, it's a gift of God. How can we be saved from our sins? By putting our trust, our faith in Jesus. He died for you on a cross and He rose again the third day. If you will simply believe in Him, the Bible says, you will be saved today, tomorrow,
1: and forever. Do you want to explore the rich history and fascinating mysteries of the Holy Land? From the breathtaking landscapes to the hidden gems buried beneath the surface, Discover Hidden Israel 2 will transport you to places few have ever seen. With a gift of any amount to InGrace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, Discover Hidden Israel 1 and 3. Call 800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. If you want to take your exploration to the next level, With a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive InGrace's entire Israel bundle, featuring a collection of eight captivating video series filmed in Israel. To get your hands on these incredible offers, call 800-78-GRACE. Go to InGraceRadio.com or write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. That's 800-78-GRACE or InGraceRadio.com. You can also write to us at In Grace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in next week as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on In Grace Radio.